Mike. It's Monday. Uh, thank you. Cuéntame, mi negro. <laughs> Little after 5.30 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States. I'm coming to you live from the South Bronx. And my brother Kenny is coming to you live from his home studio in the Heights. Kenny, how's it going, fam? Good, brother. Can't complain. Long weekend. Lots of entertainment for everybody. Not regarding boxing, though. But you know what? It's all right. We got we got more more uh, greatness to come this year. You know, we got lots to look forward to. So why don't you tell people what you mean with a lot of entertainment, but not boxing? What does that mean? I mean, I didn't watch the the Super Bowl either, but you know, the, the, there was a lot of Super Bowl parties, and the halftime show was entertaining. You know, although although you know, I heard a lot of people complaining uh people had different thoughts some people said oh well i prefer shakira and j-lo last year i prefer to see shaking booties than to see snoop dogg and dr dre you know with the music some people said that they prefer to hear rap excuse me rock instead of rap uh oh. so, so some people i just heard i heard a plethora of different opinions um yeah man i thought it was a good show creative you know, whatever. But yeah, lots of entertainment this week and lots of parties, lots of events going on, especially since it's Valentine's Day is today. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, let's ding the bell for all of the, the Valentines out there. Dia del Amor. Valentine's Day. Um, you know, with us early, so you got plenty of time to spend a nice evening with your baby cakes later on. You know, your sweetie pie, your sweetheart. You know, wifey, girlfriend, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if, you, if you're by yourself, you're gonna be hugging pillows today, but that's okay. You know, what I'm saying, stay strong, stay healthy. You'll be back in the game soon. You know, one hundred percent. That that's the swag coach speaking right there, Kenny T, the swag coach. In fact, we got to get that little business started because they got a few people out here that a little bit, a little swagginess in their step, uh, if you know what I mean. But look, let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about what happened Saturday. Uh, I was out in the UK. It was the card live on the zone. Okay. Jacobs versus Ryder. Ali Pally, Alexandra Palace in London. I've been there before. I saw Junior Witter fight there. Saw the other fights take place there, including amateur cards. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. What a venue. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the picks, when they did the panoramic views, Kenny, but you could tell that it's like a very beautiful venue, stained glass windows, high ceiling, great atmosphere. You know, a lot of the people there to see Johnny Fisher. Uh, we saw a fight with uh, Felix Calf and Maria uh, that was a little controversial. I got the math wrong on it after going live and, you know, following what Eddie Hearn was saying. Didn't run the numbers myself. Um, and then obviously we had the main event. Okay, which was Daniel Jacobs. Now, the theme of the show is too little or too late. Uh, now, I'm gonna great, read. great image, by the way. I have to give you big props. There's a big message to this, and I love it. Right. I mean, too little in the case of Jenny, Danny Jacobs. Was it too little on Saturday night, Kenny? Give me your thoughts. Um, It was... I think he did enough, and I think that he's uh, slightly that, that there was just a little bit of a robbery by the judges because I think he did enough early on to get a win by decision by that split decision that I that I called before the fight. You know that was my prediction, split decision Jacobs. But instead, Ryder got the split decision. It is what it is, though. I ain't mad about it. 
uh it is all daniel jacobs fault you know what i'm saying you daniel jacobs does this thing where he in my opinion i know in your opinion too because we've had this conversation before he never does enough to get a convincing win you know what i'm saying against triple g he did just enough to lose against canelo he thought he won he did nowhere near enough to to win or even get a close decision you know then his last fight, I forgot the guy's name. Rosado, he barely yeah. did enough to win that fight. Exactly. So, you know, we know we know that Daniel Jacobs always does this thing where he barely does enough to win or does just enough to lose. Um, and this weekend, I, you know, we, we saw definitely a way more tired, a way more washed up looking version of Daniel Jacobs. I say that specifically because... Before he would at least put on a little more work, you know. At a certain point, I thought, "Oh shit, we're about to see the tr- the changes that him getting his old trainer Terry Rosier or uh, uh, Rosier back, Andre Rosier. I forgot the guy's name. Whatever. Uh, I, yeah, I just confused him with a basketball player. That's funny as hell. But yeah, so he's back with his old trainer. I thought we was about to see uh, some of those changes that his trainer was implementing on him around the sixth, seventh round, where it looked like Daniel Jacobs was about to stand there and trade and let a lot of punches go. Instead, it became the John Ryder show for a good portion of that fight. John Ryder was putting the beats on him for a couple of rounds. Not enough rounds, in my opinion, to win that fight. But then again, I have to rewatch the fight because I didn't watch it live. I saw a grainy replay of it. You know, in grainy replays, you can't really see everything for what it is. You can't see if a punch really actually lands on a grainy replay. So I do have to see the actual fight again to give the scorecard. But, yo, Daniel Jacobs did just enough to lose. And see, this background that you see me with here right now, this background is for, for Daniel Jacobs because he always does just enough to lose. And I think it's time for my man to hang the gloves up because if you're going to be doing just enough to lose, then you you shouldn't be boxing because all you're going to do is continue bringing down your legacy, continue bringing down the stuff that you worked so hard on building as a young man. What for? To chase money? Because I don't know if it's looking like he's chasing greatness and chasing fights. He said he this was a title eliminator, so he would have gotten a title shot supposedly against uh, who Canelo, if Canelo would have taken that fight again. Oh, it actually would be would have been against David Morrell Jr. And I'm going to get into that after you finish cooking, bro. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just, you know, Daniel Jacobs, uh, the guy seems to move and have the skill and the ability to compete. But it seems like his mind always lets him down or his corner always lets some, something always lets him down in the fight where he never does enough to pull out the convincing victory. And I feel like that's what happened this past weekend. I had Daniel Jacobs winning by decision, but that's because I thought he was going to be a little more elusive, be uh, uh, which he was doing in the first six rounds. And then he stood in there, which is not Daniel Jacobs style. He stood in there and tried to trade. And once after he got buzzed by, by John Ryder, I think it was a sixth round, the seventh round. After he got buzzed, he had a lo- he had a hard time recovering. It, it took a while for him to recover. He was he was tired and kind of wobbly for, for, for a couple of rounds. So he was able to catch his feet again. And then every time he was starting to catch his feet again, John Ryder will catch him with another big shot that will wobble him up again. So, look, man, if if he would have just stayed natural to what he does and that's be elusive, will work very well against Canelo but didn't do enough to get him to victory. He dodged a lot of punches from Canelo. Canelo's a way better puncher than Ryder is. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, now, well, saying now, now Eddie Hearn sounding like a joke saying, saying, oh, well, Canelo – 
hey, John Ryder looks like a good challenge for you. Please. Well, uh, to, to Eddie Hearn's defense, he was saying that in response to a question about Canelo going over to the UK and who he would fight. But let me ding the bell for Nando real quick, okay, before I get in on this. Nando with the super chat, he says, Danny's heart and legs ain't into it anymore. I lump him in with the strictly paper chasing crew. Mikey Garcia, Triple G, Jesse Vargas. So here's the deal. I agree with Jesse Vargas tried. I agree with everything you said. Now, first, I got to give the caveat here. Uh, Daniel Jacobs is a cancer survivor. Um, I don't know what kind of impact all of that radiation and the recovery from cancer has had on his ability to, you know, keep his legs uh, for a prolonged period of time. I've never had cancer, let alone recovered from it. You're talking about a guy who was told by doctors that he might never walk again, who then, you know, made essentially a miraculous recovery. That's why they call him the miracle man and ended up being a world champion. I mean, he's all credit to him off of that. All right. So I got to give the brother all of that credit before I get into little bits of criticism here. Now he started off. Well, I thought his movement was great. His jab was great, but to your point, Kenny, he didn't seem to be able to sustain it. And it is very difficult to fight that kind of a disciplined fight that really requires your legs, requires your heart, requires your cardio. I don't mean heart in terms of the metaphoric heart. I mean, literally the heart that pumps oxygen, red blood cells, heart, right? Uh, it's difficult to do that for a prolonged period of time. And to Ryder's credit, he never gave up. And to Ryder's credit, he did better in the second half of the fight than he did in the first half of the fight. You also saw Danny Jacobs try to switch to southpaw a couple times, which I don't really think was very effective for him. Now, I was asked on Sunday when I went live why I thought he did that. You know, fighters do it for a number of reasons. Maybe the guy's catching on to their tactics. They want to give him a new look. Maybe the left jab is getting a little tired, the left arm, so they want to give it a little break and switch to southpaw and throw it out from the right-handed uh, or right-side jab. Who knows? He attempted it. It didn't really work. It wasn't all that effective. And as we got into the later rounds, we saw Danny Jacobs start to fade. Now, I felt that he did kind of put up everything he could in the 12th round. Um, but you're right, Kenny. It's just like when you're in so many close fights, some of them are going to go your way, like Gabe Rosado, and some of them are not, uh, like this one. I didn't score the fight. Uh, and I'll tell you why. When I'm scoring a fight, I don't enjoy watching the fight as much as I do when I'm not scoring in the fight. So that's number one. Call me selfish for that. But number two, I oftentimes think it's very difficult to score a fight from home when you're listening to live commentary because you're listening to commentators telling you what's happening through their eyes. Uh, and sometimes they miss things. Sometimes they see things that maybe didn't happen. Sometimes they see things that you don't see. Having been ringside for fights multiple times, having gone through a training course on judging, I can tell you, judging a fight live is very different from judging a fight at home. And it makes me almost just not even want to judge a fight from home. Because how accurate is it when I'm listening to commentators calling a fight while I'm judging the fight, I'm getting another person's perspective in my ear constantly. Sometimes two people's perspectives, sometimes three people's perspective. Now, people say, oh, I'm a master. You could just shut the volume off. 
again, if you lose that, now you're losing one of your main senses, hearing. You're not able to hear the punches land. A lot of understanding how powerful a punch is requires not just sight, but sound. And if you remove the sound effect of the punch, then you may be missing powerful shots and shots that aren't quite as powerful may seem powerful and shots that are powerful may not seem powerful at all. So I also it also takes away from the fight. Pardon me? It, take, it also takes away so much from the it fight. It makes the, the fight, fight boring. Yeah, absolutely. It makes the fight boring. It doesn't even seem like you're watching a fight. You also can't hear the guys breathing, let alone hearing the punches land. So, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of scoring fights at home. I'm just not. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just not. And, and usually, if you notice, you get like uh, a very specific camera angle most of the time. You don't get to see multiple sides of the fight. You're not up there close. So it's it's problematic, to say the least. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that. I didn't score the fight, but I thought it was a close fight. Do I think it was a robbery? No. Do I think that Jacobs watching the fight probably won? Yes. Is it one of the worst decisions I've ever seen? Absolutely not. It's not even close to being one of the worst decisions I've seen this year. So where does <clears throat> Jacobs go? Where does Ryder go? I'm going to tell it to you like this. You hit the nail right on the head, Kenny. This was a WBA mandatory fight, right? Or for the mandatory spot. The Danny Jake, and I said this yesterday, the Danny Jacobs I saw Saturday does not beat David Morrell Jr., does not beat David Benavides, does not beat even a Caleb Plant. Uh, dare I say a Carlos Gongora or, or, a, or a Richards, the other UK fighter there at 168 that just beat Gongora. Um... So not only did he not win the fight, I don't think he won over the public in terms of proving that he's going to win or capable of winning another world title, let alone at 168. I feel like Danny Jacobs should have moved up years ago. I felt that the move up has been too late. And now he's just not the Danny Jacobs of five years ago. He's just uh, older uh, Danny Jacobs. And I think that the 168 pounds, is there's too many monsters in this division. Um, I mean, I don't see him beating a Canelo at 168. And uh, of course I don't, because I don't think he beats the other guys I just mentioned. So uh, that that's my opinion on that. I'm going to go back to you, Kenny, if you have anything else to say on that one. But I want to big up Chauncey Pearls. Okay, Chauncey, thank you so much for the super chat. He's just sending a shout out. Much love, much love. Right back to you, brother, for being a... Uh, 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 being being a, a, a subscriber and, and sending us uh, the super chat and that message, Kenny. Yeah, man. You know, I'd I'd like to I'd like to agree with you and say that I I just I don't see where Daniel Jacobs goes from here. See, Ryder. I guess you could say he's getting better, right? Because uh, he came he, he came out not giving up on himself. You know, what I'm saying he kept on going after pretty much losing the first half of the fight kept on going and poured it on and just got more and more aggressive and started landing more and more and seemed like he figured out daniel jacobs i like you said don't know what effects cancer had on daniel jacobs he is older i do not see him like okay the possible moves for him are go back down to 160 which he just left because it wasn't working for him because he couldn't get a title shot right then he just also, went up to sorry it was also because he was struggling to make the weight 
There we go. To, yeah, that's right. That's right. Then goes to 168. Like you said, he ain't beating Canelo. Canelo got all four belts at 168. And he, he I don't think he'll beat a lot of the other guys. I think Caleb Plant will put it on Daniel Jacobs. Caleb Plant is in way better shape, throws a lot more punches, does the same, uh, not the same, a similar elusive type of style where he tries to move, stick and move, stick and move all the time. Who's going to stick and move longer in that fight? If you ask me, Caleb Plant, the guy who's been at 168 doing it for longer and is younger. Then, what? Well, let's say he goes up and wait one more time to 175. Or what's he going to do at 175? You saw that his chin is susceptible. You saw small bronze Canelo, a.k.a. John Ryder, land a couple of big shots and wobble him up. What's going to happen at 175 versus Joe Smith Jr. and Baturbiev? Stop it. Either he should be looking... Either he should be exactly well, Bebo well, will hurt him. True, true, true. true. Well, I don't know. I don't, you don't even have to go that far. I mean, what about an Anthony Yard? What, what, what about yeah. you know, uh, a Joshua Buatzi? I mean, there's plenty of guys that aren't even titleists that I think run through Daniel Jacobs at 175. He's reached his limit, Kenny. I, I agree. I agree. And at this point, it's like, oh, so what are you going to do now? You're going to be uh a gatekeeper or a money grabber. Two things that none of us fans want to see. Nobody wants to see him reaching uh, to try to be on more, not on more, but to try to be on some pay-per-view cards, which is what everybody wants to do and get some big paydays against the big-name fighters. Nobody, wa- I don't think, at least I don't, want to see Daniel Jacobs against anybody he should start looking into peacefully falling back from the sport and do what I suggested earlier, which is hang up the gloves. And uh, um, John Ryder, John Ryder is looking like an actual gatekeeper. And I say gatekeeper as in the separation between the low level guys and the higher level guys, because I don't see John Ryder fighting and beating anybody above Daniel Jacobs current level. No, he, I mean, he's too John, basic. No, John Ryder, I get it. He's a southpaw, you know, um, but he to me, he doesn't throw enough punches. Uh, he's not active enough, essentially, to bother the likes of a David Morrell Jr. And he's undersized, honestly, for the division. Uh, definitely not a David uh, Benavidez either. You know, I'm thinking of the names at 168. I mean, even Leron Richards, I, I don't think John Ryder's the top guy at 168 in Britain, uh, maybe the third, because I think that, honestly, that uh, Billy Joe Saunders schools him, just schools him, um, if those two were ever to fight. I mean, they both got ties to to the zone, so who knows, you know? Uh, no, Nando's right. I mean, even Chavez Jr. was competitive with Danny uh, until the shrooms kicked in. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, let's bring on. Let's bring on Big TBH. That's Big Brian Two Hundred Six. What's good, fam? Yo, 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 yo. What's yo. happening? What's What's good with y'all? Can't complain. A Monday, you know, start of the week. You gotta get yourself out of bed and go start the work week. But the day's done, and I'm talking boxing. So there's nothing like much better than that. Shit, man. Um. Danny, you guys talking about Danny Jacobs and that John Ryder fight. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing things, but is it just me or did Danny Jacobs lo- had has a uh, loss in power and punching power and 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 killer instinct because of Danny Jacobs of old, he went for it. I mean, the dude well, had hand speed. He has you know really good punching power 
and he, he would go for it. He went went for it against Triple G. He stood toe to toe with that guy, and backed him up. And this guy, I mean, of course, he has a good reach, sizable reach, but he did he fought a lot more timid and more um, conservative than he's ever fought before in previous fights I've seen him fight in. But what do you think about the fact that it may be related to him jumping up in weight? Because the first thing I think when you say losing power is jumping up in weight, 160 to 168 is the first kind of big leap, I think, in, in boxing because it's an eight-pound difference, right? Yeah. You know, the 154 to 160, that's obviously uh, six pounds. Um, this is a little bit bigger of a jump. And what you really have at 168, there's a bunch of light heavyweights that starved themselves to make 168. Um, yeah, it's a totally different kettle of fish, you know. Uh, and the funny thing is, to your point though, Brian, John Ryder ain't even a big 168 pounder. John Ryder is not David Morrell Jr. John Ryder is not David Benavides. You know what I mean? Um, John Ryder, if anything, is an undersized, you know, 168 guy that looks like he should probably be fighting at middleweight. To be honest with you, given his size and his like body. Yeah. But no, I mean, he's definitely doesn't have the power that he used to have. That's for sure. Kenny. And, 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 and it, he's not his, whatever power he has now is not going to translate into the bigger weight classes. This guy, like the, the guys only get bigger. Their jaws get stronger. Their, their necks get wider, which means they can sustain a, a higher knockout punch uh, or higher uh, punch power. So, yo, I, Either he's gonna do the gatekeeper thing, which I, I like I said before, I don't want to see him do, or he's gonna be a money grabber, which I also don't want to see him do. Save the money for the dudes that are actually gonna be in competitive fights, you know. Uh, let's continue growing the sport of boxing, let's not harm the sport of boxing for someone's pocket, you know. Absolutely. Uh, now, now, a couple things though, <laughs> I'm just gonna close out on this before we get to the next topic. I hope that he saved his money. I hope that he's not fighting for money. I mean, he reportedly made like upwards of four or up, I think around 14 million to fight trip. Uh, was it Canelo? Uh, you know, in the, in that fight, um, he made a lot of money in, in triple G too. So, Oh yeah. I don't really think that, that, that should be an issue, but so we talked about too little. Okay. We talked about too little. Uh, now we got to get into too late. Um, is this fight, too late and i'm talking about kelbrook amir khan you know this is the fight poster right but is it actually more like this i mean have we just been waiting too long uh for, for this fight i mean do we care about this fight is it going to be good are we watching uh kenny give me your thoughts <laughs> i love that bro I, uh, that was great um, but no, yeah, man, look, I'm, I'm going to watch this fight nonetheless. I think it's, it's going to be one of the uh, better fights that we'll have up to this point so far this year. Um, I'm excited for it. You know, these guys have had beef for a long time. I think it's the, the beef that they have that makes me more excited and more wanting to see the fight because I know they're both going to be in there trying to hurt each other. They're both skillful, but you know that at, at, for at least at one point for a portion of the fight, the skills are going to go out the window and, and Amir Khan is just going to be like, Ah! And, and, and fucking Kel Brook is, is you know, going to be doing his his uh, best jab straight impression, just letting shit go, trying to hit each other. So, you know, I can't wait to see somebody get clobbered and to see some crazy ass action. You know, um, I'm, I'm excited for the fight, bro. I'm really excited. I won't choose a winner or none of that because, you know, I always got to go back, watch some tape, do the tales of the tape and fully decide on the winner because I'll be I'll be giving predictions to bet money. But 
nah, man, seriously, I'm very, very excited for this uh, coming fight this weekend. What about you, Brian? Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited <laughs> uh, for the Kel Brook and in Amir Khan fight in particular. Uh, I watch it for shits and giggles because I mean we're seeing two guys that are washed up from the UK who were once really good. In in Amir's Khan case, you know, really had something going for him until uh, he figured out that he couldn't take a punch. You know, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Who knows? I mean, I think that Amir Khan may have a little bit more left because I think uh, uh, Carol Brook has sustained a lot more damage um, of the two. But yeah, I'm actually I'm actually excited. I mean, because there's there's a couple of boxing cars on this weekend, and it's, it should be enjoyable. Uh, Kell Brooks probably sustained the most damage because of the two orbital bones, one being broken by Triple G, the other being broken by Errol Spence Jr. But the guy that suffered the more brutal knockout of all of them is definitely Amir Khan. I mean, what he sustained at the hands of Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, I mean, that was fucking ugly. Um, I'm sure you guys remember that knockout. They've both been through their wars. Um, you know, I don't know if if Kell Brook's been in a fight as tough as the Maidana fight was uh for for Amir Khan that fight was was beyond brutal um Amir Khan is as hard uh he also got stopped to the balls though according to him <laughs> by Kel, by by uh Terrence Crawford um so I mean they've both been in their wars uh, you could probably lean towards um towards Brook though to what you were saying Brian for the more like uh beatings or, or a long-term kind of serious damage with the with the eyes but it's definitely a long time coming it's a little too late uh reminds me a little bit about junior witter and ricky hitman haddon who were two guys in the uk oh. and while they were at 140 were supposed to fight each other and they never did that fight never happened uh, this fight's happening you could make the argument that it's five six maybe even seven years uh past it uh, but I think that if anything, that might lead to a more exciting fight, you know, um, is, is it going to end by knockout? Oh, I think this fight's definitely ending by knockout. Uh, the, 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 uh, oof. actually, you know what? I have to think about that because I don't know if Amir Khan can knock out Kell Brook. The thing is with Kell Brook, it's, you know, his issue has always been how strong he is when he's like really killing himself to make weight, you know? Um, <laughs> That's I, a funny one. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know. Uh, what will break first Khan's chin or Brooks eye? That's, that's a question by uh, HCP boxing network, my brother D style boxing El Capitan. So look, I, I personally, I think it's a little too late, but I think it's going to be an exciting fight for sure. Um, so last thing I want to go through, guys, is the remaining schedule uh, that we have um, ahead of us. I'm going to bring well, it. Well, 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 before you go into the remaining oh, schedule, uh, um, what about the the other event happening this weekend? The other fight, uh, Jaime Munguia. Um... Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, of course. We also have the Jermaine Ortiz Nahir Albright on Showtime. Eh, not that great of a card. Um, but the Jaime Munguia Demetrius Ballard fight, um, you got to favor Jaime Munguia in this one. I think. I think he's fought at the higher level, and I think that he's improved a lot under the tutelage of Eric Terrible Morales. I think that 
He's really starting to box a lot more uh, and not just kind of brawl. Something that he has to do is he gets up there in levels. Um, Demetrius Ballard, you know, pretty untested, um, you know, and this fight's also taking place in Tijuana, south of the border. Um, if anything, I'd classify this as a tune-up fight personally. What, what about you, Kenny? <clears throat> I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, I feel like this, along with most of the other fights on Munguia's career, are all borderline, uh, uh, bo- listen to what I'm saying, borderline cherry picks. Uh, I don't think Jaime Munguia has ever been in a fight where he could potentially lose. I feel like they set him up, his his, his matchmaking team is incredible because they set him up only with fights that will make him look good, that will get him a little bit of credibility, and that he won't lose. They're trying to build this guy's record to be a good 80 and whatever. They're trying to get this guy to 120 fights or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I had I actually had Dennis Hogan beating him when they fought in Monterey. I thought he got some home cooking on the judging scorecards in that one. It was a majority that decision. That was a close one. If I remember correctly. And a majority decision in, in Monterey, Mexico, uh, is really a win. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought Hogan did more than enough to win that fight, but... Brian, what are your thoughts on Munguia? And I was going to get into this fight when I went over the schedule, Kenny. So, but but thank you for bringing it up. No problem, no problem. It's just coming this weekend, so figure we we knock it out before we get to the schedule. You know. Yeah, Jaime Munguia. I mean, he's talented. He's he's a talented fighter. Um, the only thing is, it's hard to really gauge, uh, like how good he is against top level opposition because he hasn't top. He hasn't fought uh near the top level oppositions up to the to this point um you know unfortunately wasn't he supposed to be the uh mandatory for Demetrius Andrade yeah now boo boo's moving up yeah to, to see that WBO mandatory uh spot at 168 so right. he's he's go he's essentially walking right in to be a two weight world champion it, once once boo boo moves up to 168 yeah, see, and that's the and see, and that's that's the thing. Like, I that I would have loved to seen that fight. I mean, as much as I don't think highly of Andrade, he's still, uh, you know, he's still been in the been in the ring for like the last twelve years in the professionals, uh, and he has the boxing ability to compete with you know with top level opposition to some degree. And I, even though I think he could be had by someone like Jaime Mugia, someone who can bring bring the fight to him and, uh disrupt his rhythm the the thing with Jaime is that he just hasn't had the um opportunity oh Shelmore said he turned the fight down right I, think, I don't know I think, he, I think he's talking about turning down the fight with boo-boo oh 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 well but correct me if I'm wrong Shelton but that's what I'm reading when I see you saying that he turned down the fight he doesn't want to fight a challenge, man. It's his, his matchmaking team only puts him in against people who he could potentially win against, unless uh, against people who he has a high chance of winning against, at least up until this point. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, me personally, I mean, I would love to see the fight, and I wish, I wish we would be getting someone in the that's more. It's not even about the, a name opponent. It's someone that you can say, okay, he has the talent to be the threat to Jaime. Right, the the dude he's fighting. I mean, I didn't even heard of him till uh, till they announced the fight. And this that fight's going to be on Showtime, if I'm not mistaken, right? 
Oh, uh, no, it's going to be on DAZO. DAZO. The, the fight on Showtime is uh, is a different card altogether uh, that it's competing with. Um, oh. That's Jermaine Ortiz, Nahir Albright fight. Okay. Which it got, has even less notoriety as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, he got to, we got to see more like he's what, what he's like 24, you know, we like to see, like to see him against the best guys at 160. And if not move up to 168 and try to challenge, cause that, that thing's wide open now that, now that there ain't no belts to uh, claim, you know, I would like to see the dude fight one of the top dudes up there somewhere. So there you go. Well, let me bring in Shelton Moore so he can, uh, explain what i thought i i probably explained on his behalf but it's good to have him here live sheldon what's up bro can you hear me brother loud and clear much oh, clearer yeah. than last week what's up, sheldon? Yeah, what's up what's up brian what's up my man in the corner what's his name uh danny, danny what's good brother how you doing Shelton? how you doing man yeah it's just that uh Munguia, man you can't say this guy's a top guy in a division when he had he fights his way to a uh he fights a final eliminator to become the uh, mandatory in terms of fight now. I mean, that's not championship behavior to me. I don't know what these guys think championship behavior is today. You got the most Instagram followers, so you get to pick and choose who you fight. I don't know. But if you fight your way to become the mandatory, and then when you get the shot, well, I don't want to fight. Well, I'm kind of done with you, bro. I'm kind of done with you. I've had a similar view of guys who hold world titles and then their promoters are like, yeah, but they're not like ready for X, Y, Z. It's like, well, why the hell are you calling yourself a world champion? Uh, are you saying like if you don't, 30, you, 33 right. fights in and, and the, the promoter says, well, they're a baby champion? Are you talking yeah, about that? Yeah, it's like, or that. I mean, he, sometimes they even do it with AJ. They're like, well, AJ's still learning. I mean, AJ's in his in his 30s. <laughs> and he's like a multiple time world champion. Yeah. Like, well, How is he still learning when he's a two time unified heavyweight champion of the world? What's he learning? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, it's it's very interesting how narratives get get shifted and, and moved and and how people make excuses for people that they like. I don't think there's any excuse for Mungi at this point. He was a titleist at 154. Like you said, he fought a mandatory. Uh, for a mandatory position at 160, for him not to take that fight and to instead be fighting a guy that even the hardcore fans are like struggling to put the pieces together in terms of like what this guy brings to the table. Uh, and and no dis- disrespect to the brother, but like I don't really know that much about about dude and don't really know why he's Demetrius Ballard is fighting at this level. Like I get it, maybe it's a tune-up fight, but to your point. Tune up for what? Well, what's the next step? Uh, an- another tune up. Go ahead, Shelton. <laughs> well, I think I think you know this guy. I think you you hit it, you and Kenny hit it right on the nail. Hit the hit nail right on the head. They trying to build this guy's record up to make him look like he's this unstoppable killer. And then when he, whenever he gets in there with somebody who can actually fight, he's probably going to get his ass kicked. He also doesn't seem to have much power either. I've never uh, 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 only when he was uh, uh, at one fifty four did you really see people uh, like feeling affected by his punches. You see him at one sixty. I don't really see him uh, wobbling anybody up or or backing people down with the power of his punches. I, I see people standing in there and trading with him, 
and him being the guy stepping backwards. Look at him against Gabe Rosado. You know, this guy yeah, hasn't shown hitting, anything. To your point, bro, he was hitting Gabe with clean shots. And I thought, damn, he's gonna knock Gabe out. Gabe just he was eating it. Crispy. Gabe, Gabe was eating it. And what does that tell you? Gabe Gabe has been washed up by a lot. If Gabe was eating those crispy, clean shots from Jaime Munguia, then that tells me Jaime Munguia doesn't have the power that people think he has, you know? Or well, that people thought he had when he was at 154. Well, that that's, that's one thing. But let me ask you this, Sheldon. What about the fact that Boo Boo, who by all accounts can make 168, sorry, 160, but is moving up to 168, didn't want to take on uh, Jani Beck, right? Jani Beck uh, Alekanuli. Uh, so he, okay, he didn't. Yeah, I'm going to address that. I'm going to address okay, that. He didn't want to take, apparently, he didn't want to take that, but he wants to fight Zach Parker at 168 for 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 a mandatory spot in, in that um, in in that weight division, but giving, but, but is willing to give up a version of the middleweight championship. Go for it. Well, to, to your point, Maestro. What has having the middleweight championship for the WBO gotten him? What has it gotten? Not much. Um, okay. I always, I've always said it, and I still believe it. Uh, in my books, the WBO is a fringe title that was essentially propped up by Queensbury Promotions in England, and it was really a European, mostly European-held title for a really long time. And then Top Rank started steering its fighters towards it here in the United States, but... The WBO title for me has never held the same clout as like the WBC. And unfortunately, the WBA is just totally falling off of the map. Well, yeah, to me, in my opinion, in my opinion, my astro depends on who has it. I think the champion makes the belt. The belt doesn't make the champion. So that's how I see it. But number one, number this two, why not fight Zach Parker or whoever it is? Because at least this is an eliminator to get me a shot at somebody I really want. Because I don't believe, and I don't, I don't anybody, nobody can tell me that a two division undefeated champion is running from an eleven fight fighter. I just don't see that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's running from it. I'm just bringing up something that would that was said. I mean, I don't think that necessarily Janibek is a tougher fight than Zach Parker. Um, you know, they're both pretty much untested at the elite level. Uh, you know, Janet Beck obviously has the vaunted amateur background, um, you know, coming out of Central Asia, former Soviet Republic and all that good stuff. But and yeah, so I mean, did uh, so did me machine. Right. Uh, so well, me, me, they were great amateurs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. That were great. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy that just lost uh, on the undercard Saturday had a great amateur record. Exactly. And he, exactly. he got outboxed. He got outboxed by Felix Cash. Uh, you know, I get get it. He got the knockdowns and the point deduction, but in the rounds that he lost, he, he lost. I mean, he lost them pretty convincingly. So. Uh, I I think all these guys are just Canelo chasing, man. Guess what? Canelo got all the belts at one six eight. Where is Jacobs going? Where is uh, uh Andre going? You know, uh, I do think Canelo should become undisputed at 175, but we don't really know what Canelo's doing. Canelo's doing what he always do, does before yeah. a fight, throwing smoke and mirrors up. I'm fighting this guy. I'm fighting he's that doing whatever guy. He, what, he's doing whatever the fuck he wants. Is what as he's he, as he, as he, as he should, sure. yeah. Who would you say he beats all those guys at 75? Because Maestro knows, I think Zerto smokes him. I think no, Zerto I, I don't think so. I, I, I think Zerto gets Evo, smoked. Uh, better be beats his ass. 
personally. Better, better Biev is the best matchup for him at 175. Zordo definitely don't got it. Zordo went life and death with the Cuban fighter last fight. He got touched up too hard. He got uh, buzzed up. Canelo cool. will knock him out. I don't, Canelo, agree. I don't agree. That's cool. That's cool. Well, That's cool. I got That's something cool. to say about hey, that. Zordo thing. It's cool that you don't agree, but let me let me finish real quick. Yeah, let me ahead, just finish real quick. Uh, uh, um, Canelo will definitely put Zordo on the ground with all those shots that that, that Zordo was taking from that Cuban fighter. The, the Cuban fighter, I don't remember his name, but he buzzed he buzzed Zordo uh, uh, buzzed him up. You know, um, but. But in, in, in my opinion, the guy that gives uh, Canelo the hardest uh, fight at 175 is better be him. I think I think Canelo eats Joe Smith Jr. I think Canelo convincingly beats uh, um, Bevo and uh, that the last guy left right there is better be it for him. And I think that'll be the hardest fight for him at 175. I don't think Zoldo and Canelo will ever fight. Zoldo doesn't have a belt, but Canelo's belt chasing. Zuldo's coming up in the ranks and he's not looking good coming up in the ranks. I thought he I thought he looked very poor that last fight. He should he should have kept his boxing up and not tried to get in there and trade. He 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 could have gotten knocked out with this dude that was throwing home runs, shooting home runs the entire fight. All know? right, so two things. Number one, he's fought back-to-back Cubans. The first one was Barrera, Sullivan Barrera. The second one Why does that matter? No, because because uh because Brian said Sullivan Barrera, but it wasn't Barrera. It was Unieski okay. Gonzalez, and you didn't name the fighter. So I'm just keeping it clear. Unieski, right. yes. Unieski Gonzalez. So number one, he knocked out both of these guys. Uh, number two, uh, the first fight had multiple knockdowns. The second one didn't have multiple knockdowns, but Gonzalez actually was deducted a point for holding. Um, I, I, I do think it was a competitive fight, Kenny. I do agree with that, but I think that saying that he went life and death with him is like a little bit too far. Uh, it wasn't Gotti Ward, okay? Uh, it, it wasn't that kind of a fight. Like, he clearly won the fight. I don't think he won that many rounds. Um, I'm, I'm talking about Unieski Gonzalez. He was tough. You know, he didn't want to get knocked out. But for the last few rounds of that fight, like, I was thinking that the referee should stop the fight. Because he was just taking a beating. Like, he was standing in there. And, yes, there were a couple rounds where he landed shots. But I don't remember Zurdo Ramirez being badly hurt in that fight. Um, and when a, guy, when a guy – I personally don't remember that. I don't know what round that was in, but I don't remember that. What, what I remember him was getting hit with some shots. But here's the thing. Guys like Zurdo – and this is true with other people, too, like Gennady Golovkin – um, and to a lesser extent, in a way, who I think has better defense than both of those guys. They're willing to take a guy's shots if they feel that they can ride the shot and if they feel that the power isn't threatening to them. And Zurdo does that. Uh, I don't think it's the best strategy, um, but Zurdo's the type of fighter that if he thinks he can take your power, he's willing to take your power. This is not anything new in boxing. Like, a lot of boxers have fought this way Um for, for for quite a while. So they'll try to ride your shots. They'll take the power that, that because they think they can take. You could go all the way back to uh, James Tony, Mike McCallum. James Tony, Mike McCallum. I was actually going to say Joe Frazier. Is, is uh, that a great strategy? All, all the way back. So Facts. It's not, it's not Jake LaMotta. <laughs> Jake LaMotta. It's not anything new. There's guys. Is it a great strategy? Is no, it going to get Zuldo win no, against I'm Canelo? Saying, I'm, not well, saying, so. I'm not saying it's a great strategy. Definitely not. What I'm saying, Kenny, is that I don't think it was competitive to the level of life and death. I thought that he was comfortable with dude's power, was willing to take shots. And in the end, I mean, the result spoke for himself. The guy took a beating. 
and got stopped. So Zuldo should have walked over that guy. Zuldo should have made an example of that guy. Zuldo should have boxed that guy's head off and not gotten hit so much. That guy was out of shape. That guy was out of breath. Zuldo should have washed. Zuldo should have put that man in the washing machine. That man should have been Zuldo should have been getting hit, and that man should have been catching well, punches well, from well, all well, angles. But, well, but, but instead, so, oh, oh, well, let me let me, just finish, let me just finish one sentence. Ahead, bro, but, ahead, but 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 instead, Zuldo was in there trading, getting clobbered by big punches. Yes, he was giving big punches too. But if the if Unieski wouldn't have been so gassed out, that would have not been a knockout. That would have been a twelve round fight. But if Unieski wasn't so gassed out, Zordo wouldn't have implemented that strategy. So, I mean, the strategy that he implemented worked. He won the fight. He dominated the dude. He knocked him out. Dude was bruised up, bloody. Like, he wasn't looking good. But, Shelton, your your go. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to say that, I mean, we can do that with a lot of people. We can say, why did it take Canelo 11 rounds to get a guy out of there who can't fucking punch? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Caleb Plant can't take you to run around and get this motherfucker out of there. This motherfucker can't too. Sorry, We sorry. know that. So you can use that with anybody. All I'm saying is this. I like Zerto Ramirez. I've watched him since he was at 168 knocking motherfuckers out. And I think that he has a style. I think better his style, better BF style, is the style that can beat Canelo. Because to beat Canelo, you have to make Canelo go backwards. If you can't back Canelo up, he's going to beat your ass. And the dudes faced guys that are good fighters and have made really good fighters look rather ordinary. I mean, to me, he made Jesse Hart look pretty ordinary. And Jesse Hart is a really good fighter. And I also don't remember Zordo actually ever getting really hurt in any fight. Um you know, and you look back at that kind of style, and I'm not going to get into the whole Mexican warrior type thing, but look, Terrible Morales was willing to take a shot. Barrera was willing to take a shot. Um, Julio Cesar Chavez was willing to take us. If guys Salvador like Sanchez. if yeah, Salvador Sanchez, if guys like this think they can take your your power, they'll let you hit them because they know that what they're going to give back is ten times better. Uh, Brian, I hear you wanted to get in. Yeah, I wanted to say something about Zordo since we were talking about Mungi and in his resume, right? Well, Zoro is du- almost double, some almost double uh, the amount of fights that he has, right? And and don't get it twisted. Like I've I just started he- hearing about him like just a just a year ago, and I've seen some. I've been watching through some of his fights. Is my I, I guess I'm willing to say ask if he's if we're overrating him. I mean because he's a big he's big. I mean, he's a he's look. He's a big, uh, light heavyweight. He's big. He's strong, but he doesn't really possess great punching power. I mean, above average. Um, you know, he has a good chin, but is it possible that uh, with the resume that he has, he yeah, he beat Jesse Hart. He beat uh, certain he beat guys. Maxim, he beat Maxim Vlasov, the same dude that I thought boxed Joe Smith's ass off. Vlasov yeah. is a good fighter. Zor- yeah, he, Zor- he beat the shit out of Joe Smith. Keep it clean. Yeah, I mean, I thought Vlasov dominated the Joe Smith fight personally. Yeah, yeah, yo, yo, but 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 who's giving Joe Smith that much credit? Joe Smith is not an amazing boxer. Joe Smith is a big puncher. Joe Smith, Joe Smith gets in there and gets uh, uh, pounded on by most of the people he faces. He just seems to have a better chin than them and and a gas tank that goes the whole fight, throwing power punches the entire way. But Joe Smith is nothing special. 
Joe Smith is nothing special. Zuldo is nothing special either. Quote my words. If the fight ever happens, which I doubt it will ever happen because Canelo's not fighting nobody with no title belts and Zuldo's not going to get a title belt before Canelo fights the rest of these guys. So if that fight ever happens, mark my word. Contact me, please. I'm I'm 100% willing to put money on that. And, and, and I'm not a Canelo fanboy. Uh, I, I just, I, I know for a fact that Zuldo, and as much as he gets hit and the way that he boxed, He's tailor made to get his head knocked out. You know, I know where you at. So, Kenny, you know, I'm gonna be looking for you. I know where you at. Word, 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 word. Link me, link me. Knocked out by Kenny. Make sure you subscribe. So, look, I just want to make my stance on this clear. Until I see otherwise, I favor Canelo against everyone 175 and below. So, I'm not out here saying that I think Zordo beats him. What I do think is that he's gonna give him a way more competitive fight than any of the dudes we've seen in Canelo uh, in there with uh, recently. Um, and, and, and that, that's just my feeling on it. So, you know, it, it and, is, and I'm with Kenny, I'm with Kenny, uh, my astro. I don't think the fight's ever going to happen either because I, he's just not going to fight that type of guy. He's not going to fight it. He'll fight Bivol because Bivol don't, Bivol's a great boxer, but Bivol ain't no monster puncher. So he'll no, fight, he'll knock him out. And, he's not going to fight a guy like Zerno. Life and death. I mean, if you want to use that, I mean, Bivol went more life and death. Uh, against Richards, Craig Richards. Yeah, that was life and death. The yeah, Bivol really lost that fight. The Bivol went more life and death with Craig Richards than 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 uh, than than the last fight that that Zordo had. So, in so, my so, opinion. so now we're going back and forth on Zuldo and Bivol. So pretty much, you guys are telling me that you think Zuldo beats Bivol easy, easy, easy work. I no, think he knocks Bivol out. Oh, he, I don't, wait, know, Zordo, Zordo, I don't think he beats him. I don't think he beats him. Knocks Bivol out. I don't think he beats I don't think he beats him easy, but I do. I do think it's a very competitive fight, and I've seen I've seen a decline in Bivol. I'm sorry, Dimitri Bivol or Bivol. I think it's actually Bivol. Um, I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for the dude. Uh, he was an excellent amateur. He came out of the gates with a lot of steam. But, I mean, his last few fights, I mean, he hasn't even been fighting guys at the elite level. And they've all been stretching him the, the distance. And they and you want to talk about getting landed on, I mean, he gets landed on by these guys. You know, um, you know, he outboxes them. But, I, I mean, when's the last fight, Kenny, you've seen that, like, Bivol actually impressed you? No, I, look, man. I've never, I've never really one hundred percent found Bevo to be impressive to me. Uh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like he never takes the opportunity to take the guy out when he has had the opportunity. You know, he always prefers to box. You know, and and even when he does box, sometimes gets hit a little too much. Uh, I'm not really uh, uh, like Bevo's not necessarily my favorite fighter, but I think that Zuzo is much, much less skilled than Bivo. That's just my opinion. Zuldo hasn't done anything to impress me. Matter of fact, in that last fight with Unieski, I was not impressed. That that Unieski was there for the taking. If if you as hard as as hard as he was working to try to knock the guy out, it took way too long. He got hit way too much. He could have fought way better. It's simple. Zuldo has not impressed me. I'm taking Bivo and that's Without me looking at tape, you already know. When it comes to betting odds, I always got to look at tape. Not for the Canelo uh, uh, Zoldo match, though. I got my money on Canelo right off the bat. I don't got to look at nothing. 
Yeah, but see, that's the whole thing. The Zerto and the Bebo fight's not happening because Bebo's fighting Canelo. Am I right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever see that fight happening. Just you know, just doing sort of speaks right now with Bebo, comparing talent level with Bebo and Zuldo, and who you think would give uh, potentially give Canelo the better fight, or if they fought, who you think would win that fight? I, I heard uh, 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 or I read in the comments that Bebo, uh, not Bebo. That uh, Zuldo is the mandatory for Bevo, but I thought they was potentially in the works of getting something going with Joe Smith Jr. and Bevo, or Joe no, Smith no, no, Jr. No, and Bevo. No, no. Jr. is here in New York City at the Garden, Kenny. He's facing Baturviev, and we should go to that fight. No, yeah. no, the last, the, the last fight, the last fight, was a final eliminator. It was a final eliminator mandatory. beat Gonzalez, so now Zerto is the mando for Bevo. That's exactly. I think Zerto gets his ears boxed off, man. That's exactly it. So uh, look, what was that? TBH? Pardon. I, go ahead. I repeat say, that. I think, I think Zerto gets his ears boxed off by Bivol. Well, I'm go. on the same page. We got we got two guys that think it's gonna be. Actually, we got one guy who thinks it's gonna be a competitive fight. We've got one guy that thinks Zerto knocks out Bivol. Okay, we've got another guy over here. Uh, that thinks that actually two guys actually that think that Bebo is going to just dominate uh, uh, Zordo and, and outbox him. It is what it is. Look, I, I had the idea of discussing uh, March and February and April or the rest of February, March and April in terms of the schedule, but we'll get to that another time. Sheldon, I want to thank you for coming on, brother. All right. Uh, thank Mr. you, brother, for having me, man. Appreciate y'all. No, absolutely. Keep tuning in, bro. You you always bring the great contributions, as does my brother Brian, Big Brian. Yo, when's that fight happening, though? I heard Kenny's going to be promoting a fight for you in Baltimore. Is you already it? know, pay-per-view. Yeah. I got that said, knocked out promotions. We're going to make that happen. Yeah, man. I got, I got, I got uh, method gaffing you in two rounds, bro. <laughs> nah, nah, man. Nah, man. man. I got I mean, double the size man. of that guy, man. I don't want to. Man, okay. I ain't trying to get arrested for, <laughs> for, for All right, Method man. Method hasn't shared the training tapes. You know what I'm saying? I got TBH winning on this one. Knocked out promotion. Spend the money on TBH. Pay-per-view is set. $4.99. We still searching for a venue location. You know what I'm saying? You, you make sure you tune into that fight because we're going to make that happen. Pay-per-view, $4.99. There we go. So on that note, we're going to be out of here, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. You guys all take care. Kenny, you got to check out Knocked Out by Kenny. Uh, do that, actually, right away. Check out Knocked Out by Kenny. Make sure you subscribe to that. And, uh, yeah, man, enjoy the fights this weekend. And uh, we'll see you again next time. That's it for Mano a Mano Live. Peace out, folks. Link is in the chat to my channel. Show me love. Show us love. Thank you for supporting always. Good night. Happy Valentine's Day.